0: Did you know the top 10 mobile games in the US gross more than $340 million in June? Do you want your game to earn more? AppFigures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may already know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now AppFigures can help you keep track of competitors and the game market. From how many downloads they're getting and how much money they're making to their audience demographics and even which tools they use to power their games. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context. Got a great idea for an app or a game? With app figures, you can figure out how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news. With App Figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads, and that's just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your game or building a new one, App Figures has what you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. Best of all, you don't need a large budget or data science degree to do this kind of thing anymore. App Figures has made it affordable and simple. On top of tools, App Figures also provides a lot of guides and tutorials to take you step by step through gaining more visibility with aso and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors they just released a free guide on that actually head to appfigures.com forward slash on forward slash gain dev unchained to try app figures for free again that's app figures A-P-P-F-I-G-U-R-E-S dot com forward slash O N forward slash game dev unchained to try it for free. If you like it, use our special code GDU3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. Yeah. what's up everybody welcome to another episode of game dev unchained the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof i am your host Brandon fam and with me a dear friend for a while now ian mcdonald how are you doing ian hey brandon i'm happy to be here with you i'm doing great awesome man we have a very interesting episode for those who haven't seen the topic. But before I got go into that, Ian, I, I kind of this is kind of the moment where I kind of shut up and let you introduce yourself to the audience and listeners out there, who you are, where you've been, and where you're heading.
1: Sure, um, yeah, I'm Ian McDonald. Um, I am a associate environment artist at Lost Boys Interactive. Um, Previously, I was working freelance and doing IT full-time, kind of as my survival jobs and um, recently got hired at Lost Boys Interactive. Um, You know, so I've got a ton to learn. I'm, I'm with a great team and just planning to stick with environment art for the
2: foreseeable future fantastic man
0: uh so we have an interesting history um at one point you were learning from games go online we've talked ever since like for five years plus uh and um, you've always been focused you were a standout you know we've even interacted with each other on, on godemics you helped intern uh on some uh individual projects that we had at the company uh and you stuck with it, man. You, no matter how difficult, no matter whatever viruses that are coming out of China, <laughs> uh, it was so. I, I can't describe how how um, amazing it was to kind of read your heading on LinkedIn that um, this was basically your first full time job, right? I know you freelance here and there. I know your IT was your main thing. So I want to dive into that a bit if you don't mind um what changed what was the difference that you
2: felt was the key thing in the last year
1: yeah um it's it's been an interesting year for sure um you know i like you said i've been at this for five years plus at this point um like since i started doing 3d as my career path um and you know i i'd say 3 years ago i i was starting to <laughs> send out applications and just try to f- sneak my way in if i could um but in this past year i've uh from like april to uh when did i get hired like the mid september so over the f- 4 or 5 months i got Three recruiters that reached out to me in that time period interviewed with two of them. The third one, I had just taken the job at Lost Boys, so I had to turn them down. Um, but that's an interesting question. I kind of wondered that about that a bit too. Um, I definitely, I think the two big things were that I kind of refocused my portfolio um, from some advice from a friend who is a very talented artist and just great. Shout out friend. Yeah, uh, that was Dennis Porter.
2: Shout out um, Dennis.
1: He, yeah, he went through my portfolio with me and he said, you know, you've got a lot of great stuff here. You could definitely just kind of refocus the way that you're presenting these. And some of the changes I made it <clears throat> where they did come up in my interviews as being things that stood out to the people I was interviewing with. Um, for example, just like I had a group project where I mostly did textures. He was like, you really need to just hone in on those textures. Um, so I did that. They liked seeing those textures, knowing that I could get my feet wet and um, substance and and do work in there if needed. And and stuff like that. It was a number of pieces where I did that. And then I kind of did two pieces like in a short time. My previous pieces had taken me months and months to where, you know, getting a couple out in a short time, I think also helped just showing I can take something, I can work through it in a number of weeks and, and have something to show for it. Um, but ultimately so, the last recruiter that reached out to me I actually asked them, like, "I'm sorry, I have to turn this down um but can I ask like what what stood out like you're the third recruiter to talk to me recently and i was I was actually really surprised she did. She was willing to kind of give me a a rundown of what stood out um the things that she said, which were also things I had changed in the last few months on my LinkedIn. Um, she pointed out my i think the objective or something just you know, like i I had held off on doing this for a while, but I kind of just leaned into like what you might call like the cheesy side um so to say, like you know, I'm a passionate game developer, <laughs> you know, like leaning into just selling myself and like being able to uh like commit to what like seems yeah I think cheesy is the right word like yeah I'm a I'm a passionate artist looking for uh to be part of a collaborative team at a triple A studio. And she's like that's that's what we look for. So um like those things that I had changed specifically like two months before uh ended up helping out a lot in that regard.
0: So uh, to clarify, you mean turning, changing it to the cheese helped? Yeah. To,
1: turning up okay. the cheese, leaning into the the stuff where you're like, I don't want to like, you know, lean into like crunch culture, but, you know, I'm willing to do yeah. whatever it takes to to get my foot in the door.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting in a number of ways, right? So um, great advice. Um, the focus did these recruiters come across your LinkedIn or did it come from an application, uh, um, that you, you submitted?
1: I didn't apply to any of these. So they um, found you through
0: two just of them recruiting found me through,
1: searching. yeah, two of them found me through LinkedIn. And then the one where I got hired lost boys, um, he found me first on ArtStation, and then looked up my LinkedIn and, and contacted me there. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the ironic thing, right? Is that I, I've applied to probably a hundred jobs over the past few years and then out of the blue people are starting to come to me and I'm still not entirely sure why, but yeah, something,
0: something clicked. When you're not looking is usually when it happens. I think that's what they talk about when you fall in love or
2: something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: I was texting my mentor, Kevin. You know, yeah. Kevin Debolt, shout out. Shout uh, out Kev. He he was saying, you know, when it rains it pours. Yeah. And that, that goes in both directions. You'll have long dry spells and you'll have a lot of rain from time to time. And yeah,
0: yeah I mean, there's definitely a correlation from what I've been seeing, you know. Um is that the, the industry have have been growing. I mean, we're projected I've been seeing these uh, charts for 2026, where we're basically going to balloon up to like 300 billion dollars to 500 billion dollars, right? In a matter of four years, mm-hmm. COVID was actually very um, good for our industry. A lot of gamers kind of went came on board. Uh, a lot of gaming consumption happened in the last few years. So, in, in turn, if the gaming consumption goes up, all right, more game development. Uh, is to kind of meet the supply and and demand for it, right? So uh, it is forcing, I think, a lot of recruiters kind of pushing and actively looking for people like yourself, Ian. Um, just good quality. And I think your timing of, of cleaning up your portfolio um, and the extra cheese <laughs> actually stood out uh, in a way just because, you know, Uh, the first line of communication is not just whatever you have on our station, right? It's, they do want to kind of hear like a short paragraph of who you are that separates, you know, personalities. I think it is very important for an artist um, for a new job, right? That's 50%, I think, or even more sometimes. So it's uh, it's really cool to kind of hear that, that happened. So when you started in the summer then,
1: Uh, so I just passed my one month mark. Um, I started at the end of September. Thank you. Um, yeah. And the other interesting thing, like as I came on, um, Oh, well, two things. So that the last recruiter who I talked to and asked, they did, they also said the same thing that you were just saying. They said how, um, you know, the game industry is advancing and growing so much. That's, that's a big part of it. There's just so much growth right now um like at lost boys um they said that they've they've more than doubled in the past year um so that's that's a huge part of it um the other thing i was going to point out that uh might have worked to my advantage or at least where i got hired it did um like my it background and just experience yeah. in a not like a directly correlating work situation, but working in a collaborative field and um, that kind of thing. Cause I asked them, like, you know, what, what was it that you guys liked about me? Like going into the kind of work that I'm doing, I was curious and they're like, well, your, your art speaks for itself, but um we were more impressed with like your maturity and your level-headedness and like, you know, not, we could tell you weren't coming into this thinking that you were just going to be doing art all day, like some <laughs> new artist, Some life day. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was good to hear too, that my, my time in it wasn't <laughs> a complete waste other than surviving, but um yeah. So it all, it all worked out in my favor.
0: Yeah. I, I always mention this. I, I really do feel like our industry kind of leans toward the mature groups of people. Right. Uh, do you mind me asking your age? I forget. Yeah. I'm 31. 31. Yeah. Like, the unfortunate thing is a lot of college kids come out of school and they give up and fizzle out after two, three years, but they're, uh, I do feel if they are keeping at it, keeping the tool sharp that their, uh, their attractiveness in, in terms of coming in the industry is actually higher because, uh, generally I think older people just, uh, do better, <laughs> uh, at least, uh, at least on paper. Um, I, I think we don't want to deal with you're not, you're past Gen Gen Z, but there is a lot of things that I've been hearing, not just in our industry about Gen Z. And this is like every generation, right? Complaining about the younger generation, <laughs> yeah. but there are like very alarming things that I do read and, and see with younger generations where uh for example in 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 china they kind of have this um this trend that's going around where uh basically doing the minimum right and no more Mm -hmm. and uh i do see that as well there's an entitlement it feels like in our country in u.s particularly where uh fame and Um, success is kind of expected and not earned, right? Because it is, there are like um, a lot of avenues now, it feels that you can get rich and famous pretty quickly through influencing or other means. And it looks easy, but really it doesn't. The most successful ones aren't working pretty hard, but it looks obtainable, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, low-level jobs or uh, regular jobs feel just inadequate to to what their desires are so it is i do feel a concern and it isn't a a surprise for me to kind of hear that and good kudos man that's awesome that you were asking for feedback and uh and stuff like that because it is showing a level of maturity and most uh just go on with their lives not wondering well wondering about it, but never asking the the questions to kind of know for sure. So it is very cool that you that you did that. Um and and yeah. basically uh had something to kind of go forward with in your career.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just kind of like a kind of person who wants to know a lot of stuff yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. Um I think it's a good way to Build relationships as well. Um, the first job I interviewed for was with Ubisoft, and uh, like after I didn't get the job, I um, connected with the art lead that I interviewed with on LinkedIn and messaged him briefly just to be like, you know, hey, keep the door open, kind of thing. And he was super cool. I loved I loved interviewing with him. So, I mean, I think there's, um, you know, network benefits in that regard too. It's just, you know, it's a, a way of showing that you're interested in continuing to learn and, uh, you know, growing. You're not, I'm not just like, okay, I got the job. I'm I'm set for life, you know, I know what, what strengths they saw in me so that I can lean into those or maybe bring up my other strengths more too. Um, yeah, so I'm, I am grateful for the experience I have working in it and, um, you know, I learned a lot there and yeah, it's interesting. Um, just like the transformation of work, you know, being able to make a living as a content creator and, um, you know, it's not a given, you know, I have, I watch a lot of Twitch and like, I have friends that stream no kidding, like eight hours a day, almost every single day of the year. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, four or five years into it and they still average like 10 viewers, um, you know, so it's like, you can't even say that just like grinding is enough. Sometimes it's like you have to have the right combo of, of hard work and the extra spice that makes people want to come to you for whatever you're doing
0: yeah it's definitely a combination of grind but constantly evaluating the results like a lot of people just kind of blindly go into it, like he said and it's like oh if i just keep hitting the nail on the head with the hammer eventually it'll work right but yeah. the and that's the you know it, it is kind of deceiving right with that kind of mantra of like hard work pays off right well you know, you're missing the whole element of how most successful developers, people do things is that they constantly look at the results, adjust, try something new, like scientifically, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that is something that I feel uh, people who lack improvement uh, fall into is, is they just constantly keep doing the same mistakes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then eventually give up.
1: Yeah. Or they they might think like, um, you know, why don't, why don't they like me? or like, what's yeah. wrong with what's wrong with them? Like projecting it when, uh, the more useful thing to say is like, okay, let me reflect on, on what happened here and what I can do differently next time. Like what's wrong with me? Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, I, I def, I, I, I kind of want to ask you this question. I know this past year, you made some adjustment. Timing is a big factor. Putting yourself out there constantly uh, and balancing all that with a full-time job. Throughout the years, and I know you've been at it uh, consistently for a long time. Throughout the years, I mean, what time on average are you kind of dedicating to looking for jobs, updating your portfolio, cleaning up your portfolio, et cetera, per week, you know even daily, if you can kind of give us a glimpse of that,
1: sure yeah, um so my <laughs> my scheduling varied a lot over the years um I think the best way to put it is that you know uh certain phases happened in waves um and then yeah, the other thing is like the past like three years. So I started doing freelance stuff at the beginning of 2020, so it's almost been three years since I started getting paid to do 3D. Um, but you know, it's uh, every year I've been like, "This is the year I'm going to get a job." This is the year I'm going to get a job, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's it's taken a while, and and I've I've been at it for it feels like a long time, but it's also. I'm trying to be generous with myself. Like, you know, a a university degree is usually like four to five years. So like me having been just over five years while like working full time, like i I feel pretty good about that. Um, so in regards to my schedule, yeah, I definitely had more productive times and then, you know, mega burnout here and there. Uh and that's just like either, you know, not switching projects fully but being able to just find something interesting about it again. Um cuz I love learning. I love trying to pick up new skills and uh new approaches and like streamlining my workflow and all that kind of stuff. Um so if I if I got burnout on a project, I didn't want to let that go to waste, so I might just shift my approach on it, like try to work on a different part of it. Um, but average daily, I would say, you know, (laughs) uh, after work, I'd be a good day would be two to three hours a day. Um, and that wasn't every day that was sometimes two days a week and sometimes five or six days a week. And I might work on it all day saturday or all day sunday and um that was i think that was pretty average for you know four plus years just just really it, it really was a grind um mm-hmm. you know every time my wife and i would travel uh there would just be this <laughs> like looming burden that i felt of like i should be doing portfolio work right now. Um, so it's amazing to, to be freed from that and, you know, mentioning my wife, it's like, I wasn't just working full-time. I'm also married and having to keep up relationships, having to visit both of our families time to time. So, um, in that regard, you know, I just had to be patient with myself, um, patient with my learning, patient with uh, like the progress that I was making on projects and just trying to one-up myself each time, try to find projects that interested me and that I knew that I could work on for, for months at a time because sometimes a, a portfolio piece would take me six or eight months on some of them.
0: Um, I know this is going to be tricky, but um, I want you to go back to one of your low moments. and uh, Be as specific or as general as you want just to kind of walk through this is kind of a common thing because i imagine there's a a few times a month or so as like this i know you're freelancing and stuff but this period of like nothing's happening besides that can be very draining and toxic uh in your own mental state right and like you said balancing like your your family like the priorities always are shifting and i think uh naturally inside your start making excuses basically right uh, of why giving up is okay <laughs> like you're near death or something so can can you kind of you need to take a moment kind of talk about one of those moments it could be as recently as the last year or months before that or whatever of um walking through that and how how did you eventually get out that funk yeah for sure um i
2: can do that uh
1: um i'll I'll mention two things on this topic i think the first one (laughs) this isn't this isn't pointed at anyone in particular but um you know me being a technical technical person working in IT yeah. just loving computers going up on computers um, I did hear a lot of you know why don't you just like do a a coding boot camp and you could have a job in three months and and stop like breaking your back trying to do this art thing <laughs> um, you know hearing that from friends and um and people and they you know they meant it in a helpful way but i was i had my heart set on this and i was like i'm if i don't like do everything i can to make this happen i'll I'll regret it forever um and i i believed in myself and um you know it's a potentially lucrative field but that's not why i'm here if if i just wanted to make money i probably would have done a boot camp um but the other time i think of um this one goes both ways because uh my first time going to GDC was 2018 um so i was i was like a year and a half or almost 2 years into studying 3d um and I, you know, I got into some mixers through whatever methods and all kinds of events basically. And that was super interesting because on, on the one hand, I'm just like, I felt so uplifted. I was like, this is my tribe. This is where I need to be. Like, I love game dev. Like, (laughs) you know, you know, it was kind of a confirmation of what I had felt like. These are my people. This is the kind of stuff I want to be around um but it was also like super humbling um just seeing like the tremendous creativity and hard work that other people have and what they were putting into it and not to say I wasn't doing that but um you know that was like two years into my my studies and I was I was making good progress, but I definitely was not hireable. Um, far from it. Uh, and so it was just kind of a wake-up call. Like you know, you I still had a, a long ways to go. And then on top of that, having you know, leading up to GDC, you you pour a lot of time and effort into your portfolio to to be able to show your your best work when you're there. And um. I did get a lot of feedback, but coming out of that number one, just like super tired. And like, I had basically crunched leading up to that, you know, self-imposed crunch. Um, and then just also feeling like, Oh man, like, yeah, this is, this might still be a while. Um, you know, just feeling like, okay, I gotta, I gotta cool off. Like I can't be going like, Full speed ahead, like or else I'm gonna burn out fully, like I knew that um so i I have had times where i I recognize that feeling and like okay i'm I'm stretching myself too thin or i've I'm overdoing it, like you know, just chill out a little bit, but you know that's also due to my being married and working full time, you know so much of my energy was also going into those things, I know. I know people who who really can make it happen in a year and a half to three years, like get where where you need to be to get a job. Self teaching, doing online programs and stuff, just because um, you know the fewer responsibilities in in a work life or a relationship regard. But um, uh, yeah, I think I think that was probably one of the most standout times just being like, okay, um, you know, take my time, but also like, this is, these are good people for me to kind of be around. Yeah. Be around and compare myself against. Cause you know, I've, I've heard it a million times. I'm sure it's been said a million times on here, but it's like, you can't compare yourself to like the other candidates. You have to compare yourself to the people in the industry. Mm. Cause that's where you gotta
2: be. Yeah.
0: Uh it's also one of the things that um we were mentioning before, your um your mental fortitude to kind of bounce back from low points, but also your constant humbling approach to reevaluating what's working and what's not. Like that is such a key thing to get to reach any goals right and i uh, you obviously have it um i
2: would love to kind of ask this past year
0: did you start feeling things were different like did you kind of ride that wave all the way to your your ultimate higher in september or were there moments that did feel low and were I guess the general question is just like where, did you kind of feel like this year was something's changing um before all those recruiters start reaching out to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess
1: yeah. yeah um so i i do owe a lot of credit to to Dennis um Bart, on the online communities he uh um he sat down with me to look over my portfolio and and give me some feedback and he basically was like you're hireable like you could get a job with us like you know most like um like him sitting down and scrutinizing the work and looking past like the way that a recruiter or uh you know somebody looking to hire would glance at it like him sitting down and digging in he's like yeah this like this level of work could get you a job. Um, and so him taking the time to kind of, you know, show me what I could be doing better on, on a number of my pieces and, um, like what kind of approach to carry forward to, um, kind of continue that trajectory was like a big reset for me, not like in work ethic, but in like my mentality and my approach and, and definitely in my like hopefulness, like that helped me just hearing that and knowing that I was kind of at the, the right level or the right quality bar was hugely reassuring. Um, he's a, he's a tech artist, by the way. Um, he started as an environment artist. So that's why I was talking to him and why that feedback was so meaningful. Um, so that was a huge step, just, um, like hearing that from him, but then also just having like solid, um, like notes of what to do going forward and, and stuff to change. So, uh, it was like right around the time that I wrapped up the changes that he suggested, cause that took me two or three months to, to work all of that out. Um, was when I heard from the Ubisoft recruiter um and so that gave me a huge boost. I I thought I was going to get the job um (laughs) I'm pretty sure I should have just the the last interview. (laughs) It it was a kind of a complicated thing I don't want to bad talk anyone um but things went south at the very end, not, not by my own regard. I'd like to say, uh, just things didn't work out there, but it, aside from that, you know, it was, it was a huge boon to my, um, self-perception just like, I felt like I had broken through some barrier of where I knew at that point, like, okay, I'm, I have something going here. I'm, I'm desirable some way as an artist, and I think that did come from um, Dennis kind of helping me reshift my thinking and my the way I was looking at myself and my you know like really just having to sell myself like that started with me believing in myself and that's where like being able to lean into the cheesiness on my LinkedIn portfolio or profile came from um, it was just like being like you know i don't <laughs> i i don't like talking about myself in this way but like i feel like i could i could feel it was a thing i had to do to just put everything in my favor um yeah. so yeah i didn't i didn't really know it until i heard from ubisoft and then you know things it felt like the ball was definitely rolling at that point but i did feel differently this year just kind of taking even more of a step back usual than I usually do to work with working with Dennis and getting his feedback um and implementing that and uh you know being really proud of where my portfolio is at that point. Um and just continuing to work on it in a a healthy way, you know, not pouring too much of myself into it, but feeling like I was making a lot of good, meaningful progress as, as well. So
2: yeah it did it did feel a bit different this year for sure with all of that stuff
0: uh i do have a general question so one of the things that i've been bringing up over and over again at least with my round table with ray it's just free thinking um you know the pandemic I hate keeping repeating it, but I, I do think there are long-term ramifications for what happened in that year and a half of everyone being at home. And trajectory-wise, it, it changed our industry, right? And um, work from home is a huge thing. I think eventually it won't be as 50 50 anymore. I, I think uh, more and more bigger companies are, are leaning towards bringing people in the office. You know, just they're just waiting for a bigger company to make the jump before it's rational again mm-hmm. um but just to kind of give this question a little background uh people hiring have kind of froze or at least a slow growth in in terms of people are slowing down. Finally, on the recruiting for all industries, uh, including our own, Uh, we're starting to see layoffs because of the rampant hiring that we did the last two years. So now there's too many people in the workplace. Right. Um, But because our industry is growing, it's kind of balancing out a bit. My main question is, you know, with that, I, I do think there's a lot of value for, for, for people to be in the office, right? Funny enough, um, I've always been saying office politics is in the office, so let's not be in the office. But doing it all at once like this, I, I, I have seen kind of development, kind of stall, right? A lot of delays have been happening. And a lot of companies are not set up that way. And a lot of people are not able to kind of separate their personal life from work, life, at home, right? You've had a lot of practice. I think people with your background, in particular, grinding after hours, uh, specifically. You have a full time job. You're freelancing. You're constantly updating your portfolio. You're dedicating two, three hours a day, sometimes three to five times a week, right? Consistently in the last five years. That is, and balancing relationships, marriage, everything. Else right that had given people like you a lot of uh discipline and practice right uh a lot of people didn't have that uh from our industry and were thrown into this and mm-hmm. have been kind of falling apart since so um uh, i know f- you know I- i'm guessing your work from home right now lost boys is not are you near them, or uh, where are you at right now? They're based out of Madison, Wisconsin, but they're.
1: When I was hired, I was told it's a it's a remote first studio, so they
0: plan to always stay remote. All right, and you're in Stilling. Yeah, I'm in Long Beach, Long Beach. Right. We need to meet up, man. We look too close no, to each not other. too far. <laughs> we only saw each other once at GDC, and we had to be in San Francisco. Yeah. All right, let's make a lunch date. Um, let's do it let's do it but uh my main question is after all that um as someone new in the industry right i love my experience being in the office i learned a lot by watching people physically right Uh, how they approach their job going on these breaks together having lunch all this stuff i created pretty much long life friends from working in the office. And I know you're only a month in and everything is still very new. Uh, There's a lot of things to discover as that settles. uh, I guess this is a question I'll ask you a year from now, but do you have any of those concerns of missing out on that experience? what ways in your office have you been seeing people um making up for that instead and how do you wish things would be differently if of course you're not going to go to Wisconsin Madison but let's say they are opening off an office in Long Beach like what are your um what would you be leaning towards going in the office at this early in your career or mm-hmm. still 50-50 hybrid
2: Right, um that's I think that's a really interesting question um
1: like the first thing that comes to mind for me, I don't think this is generational necessarily, but for me, uh, I grew up in Wyoming, and you know it's like snowy like more than half the year. you know it's just like you don't really go outside unless you're like doing a snow sport or something, so um, I bring that up just to say like, you know, my, I'm since then, and through my adult life, I've always had a lot of online friends. I've always felt very comfortable in forums in chat rooms and, um, discord, you know, I have a lot of like online friends, so to say. Um, and so in that regard, I, I do find like a, a lot of social fulfillment through online communities. Um, so like going to work from home, um, I did a period of that during the pandemic wasn't that hard for me, you know, partially because I'm married. So I have my wife there, she's my best friend and just all my existing friends that I had online. Um, so that wasn't like a super difficult thing for me um also like not really having my heart in i.t <laughs> like i wasn't too like socially dependent on the people that i was working with like we we're friends and i have a lot of good friends from there but it's also it was more secondary so to say um but as for like the new job starting out, it's been it's been interesting for sure um I'm I'm totally open to working from home, and I like the ease. You know, there's a lot of things that it makes easier. Um, just not having to commute. You know, yeah. All my, I can just walk over to the fridge, not worry about <laughs> having to prepare a meal for the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I like those things, but I I definitely do some times kind of think about the things that you're saying of like uh not necessarily like water cooler chat but like walking to somebody's desk and like hey man what are you working on oh that's cool can you show me how to do that you know i imagine there's a lot of that in studio a lot of like general camaraderie that i feel like would be easier to form in person than it would online um and part of, I think, part of what um, has been or like felt a little slow starting out for me is, um, I'm the team I got hired onto is really small. I'm the only <laughs> I'm the only environment artist. There's a lead environment art bo- above me and then an art director on our team. You know, we're kind of a bare bones team early on in this project, so. We have like a, they call it a fireside chat room. It's a Google Chat or Hangouts or whatever Google Meet. There we go. Where you know, if we wanted to, we could go sit in there and and chat together throughout the day. Um, but you know, just being the two environment artists, there's not a lot of that. Um, I think if the team was bigger, I could definitely see that happening. Um, you know, I've been in discords where that's very much the case, like art discords, where, uh, people are just sitting in like the, the voice chat all day, sharing their screen. People come in and do exactly what I was saying. Like, Hey, what is that? That looks cool. Um, ask about it or give them advice. Um, so I, I kind of, I think I would like that. Um, I think I'd like it, even if it just was online. You know, that's not necessarily a, a fault of working from home. I think there are ways to compensate for that, like through the the video calls. But at the same time, that can be tiring as well. Like for whatever reason, when you're on a video call, it feels more training like, like you're under scrutiny or something yeah. even if you know people aren't really just like watching you or your screen it's just feels more direct in some way than you know working across from somebody at another desk does
0: well there is definitely some studies that are this is why the next two three years i've, I've been very uh, in tune to or just curious about what the fallout of all this online only work from home post-COVID stuff. Because like part, part of the anxiety that you feel on a Zoom call versus hanging out in person is that we're not used to just talking, you know, and reading someone from just the shoulder up, right? Mm. And uh to that feels if you're if you're seeing me this close you're in my personal space yeah. <laughs> in the physical world right yeah and
1: it's like you're having and a very
0: direct very
1: direct requiring all of your attention
0: 10 yeah 1080 feet, you know hd version of me talking right in your face right yeah. and usually in person you get the full from the foot to the head and usually at a pretty safe distance to have a conversation with someone and you catch subtleties um, through a lot of the body language and, and, you know, half the conversation is just reading someone, right? So to rely just from the shoulder up, it does feel very intimate, right? Too intimate, I think, um, for a regular hangout, right? And. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Meta is correct this whole time. They'll figure it out, and they're trying to solve that with virtual bodies. Um, but yeah, there you know that gap is definitely there. Um, for now, it just feels irreplaceable uh, to to kind of hang out with a person and, and work with a person in, in that way that we do in the office. Um, yeah, in, in a way, there's this is the adjustment, but there's definitely going to be a cost benefit thing uh, that's going to be analyzed soon. Um, Because yeah, it's not all good. It's definitely not all good. I, you know, I I run a remote only company as well. And like most game industry places, it's, That's why I always wonder, right? If I didn't have something to compare it to, because I was used to being in the office, how do you feel about it? Right. And it feels like again, you're kind of the exception to the rule because you, you know, you've done this before. Yeah. Uh and you have, like you said, a lot of social fulfillment uh through your online community of people that you have. Yeah. Um so I'm always just wondering if do you feel it as bad as I do? Um probably not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I
1: think for the same reasons. Like um, you know, my wife struggled a lot during the pandemic from her separation from her social groups. Um, right. I was like, all my friends are online anyway. (laughs) We're (laughs) gaming right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm more social, (laughs) if anything, from just being on the computer more. Um, but I like the other thing I think about is like the efficiency cost or efficiency gain of working from home. Because, um, you know, when I did it, not to say I was goofing off all the time, but it's like, you just have more chances to run into people and and chat and, uh, you know, get distracted or talk about, whatever you know and and lose focus but it's also like I'm you know I'm at home my wife works but uh, you know she might have a day off and be asking me to go get her something out of the garage or, yeah. or uh, you know have some twitch stream on that pulls my focus away a little too much and I'm like well I guess like it happens in in both realms of little distractions here and there. And I think that's normal and and healthy, Uh, but I'd be curious to see like how it's affected work in that regard too. like how, if people are more or less efficient working from home, I don't know. No,
0: I think overall, uh, (sighs) you know, there's this whole talk about universal income and stuff and i think it's the same same conclusion it's like the people who work hard will continue to work hard the people who are basically eating up work time and avoiding work are going to continue doing that uh remotely right so it really does come from a personality trait or a workmanship trait um and gets if anything exaggerated a bit right uh in, in in this type of time so i do see that a lot and i have to say man and the hard workers are are still very a small percentage like i, I think a lot of people um are even leaning harder the other way right i i hear you in terms of like yeah, you know, I got shit that I want to do besides work. So therefore I will utilize the next three, four hours, right, as hard as I can to complete the assignments. But I think a large percentage are doing the opposite, right? They're just barely doing the minimum just to get by. And uh, and there seems to be a domino effect uh, kind of like in the background. A lot of games are being pushed back, delayed, missing deadlines a uh, longer development time, right? If you thought GTA took too long to make 8 years, right? And that's everybody in the office 24/7, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about 80-hour work week at least. Imagine them trying to do that remotely. It's just you know, crunch culture is bad, right? And I'm not here to moan it if anything. I spent a lot of years fighting against, it. I mean, the podcast was initially kind of made to 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 push against that right because we were getting out of control yeah but there's nothing that's going to deny that the more you put time into something (laughs) the more you get done i mean that's just simple um i think a part of gain creativeness dna i creative ness DNA. I, I think other jobs, where you're punching numbers and kind of going through assembly lines, right? Uh, it's pretty much okay to kind of limit it to a certain amount of hours. But when the creative juice, the creative process, kind of requires some revving up, I think, uh, like starting an old car. You know, we don't get to be efficient hour one or minute one of hour one, right? It takes us a while to get into that zone. Mm -hmm. And when you get in that zone uh, to stop suddenly because the clock says so and to restart the next day, you kind of, I think at a net loss in terms of what work we can, could have gotten done if we had continued that momentum, right? So I know a lot of people here in this won't like what I just said. Like I'm endorsing crunch culture, but you know, I don't think it's completely all bad, right? It gets a lot of shit done. If we are humane about it, right? Obviously no one should be dying and coughing up blood at the desk. Right. But for those who want to do it or can't do it, um, they get things done, right? If you were to pick a team and there's two of them, and the deadline is very clear, right? Who would you choose if the objective is to finish the game? Right. Yeah. And I do worry, right. Um, kind of going off a tangent here, but I do worry that if games are taking this long to make, and we're allowing this kind of like, we'll get it done when it's done approach, especially how everyone's fully remote and kind of like, Work life balance is a balance, right? It should be 50-50. But I think life is kind of taking precedent right now, where people are kind of disappearing from their Zoom calls or away from the desk and and basically be unreachable and, and then appalled when when their managers bring it up, like, what's wrong with this dinosaur? Uh, <laughs> right. That yeah. uh, that we're 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 the 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 balance of the universe is Kind of scaled being skewed again, and this isn't good either, because you know we're we're a business overall, and if we're not shipping games, then we're overpaying people at a certain point, right, and we don't have enough funds to kind of keep paying and i'm'm I'm very afraid of that fallout if there is one uh where in a couple of years we're gonna hear especially these um newer teams out of nowhere right Um, going as startup doing their first project together with this kind of mindset right Uh, it's gonna I think hurt the industry um, overall like games not being shipped people taking forever uh, and then just no results no results. Work is kind of being second priority. Life is first, right? It's called work-life balance. It's supposed to be fifty-fifty, but I think people are taking advantage of what's going on and emphasizing.
1: Yeah, I, I life think stuff. The you know, like you said, I think the balance is is the important thing. Like you know, for me, I definitely have ebbs and flows of of productivity and. Um you know if if i'm not as productive creatively for an hour or two i'm i'm at least trying to uh focus my energy somewhere else um but it's also like you were saying like me as an artist and like i don't know my my work ethic it's hard for me to end the day and not like have something to show for it or like some yeah. sort of meaningful progress like that's that's just who i am you know i want to be able to check some items off my to-do list or whatever yep um but yeah i mean you know looking back on the other questions you asked me about like burning out like it, it can go too far too and and yep. it's also i've had periods where if i overextend myself it's like i i have found myself being less productive and yep um, you know just forcing myself to sit here 10 hours straight like definitely wouldn't I wouldn't get 10 hours worth of work out of myself doing that so it's like that's part of the importance of like recognizing those natural flows and what your your build up or wind up is like you said of revving up the engine and getting that energy flowing but um yeah you know not not overdoing it to a healthy point unhealthy point I mean and just finding the right balance, but yeah, it's definitely hard work and have like having that personality of wanting to
2: accomplish things and, and see something through. Um, yeah, so I, I do feel like,
1: I think the, the biggest thing I felt is if I was in office, I think I would feel more I don't know if committed is the right word but more attached um, to the project in a way right. just mm-hmm. seeing my teammates and um feeling a bit more of a closeness closeness with them and that kind of thing
0: It's like um, kind of um it's like the uh the positiveness of peer pressure
2: right? Yeah yeah
0: I mean like you said it can go very bad because you peer pressure on its own is a negative connotation, right? But like there is positive peer pressure, like as if you're in a sports team and you're seeing your teammates putting the extra work in the gym and that motivates you, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, right. Maybe go another hour or pushing yourself to sprint harder. Right. Yeah, Like that, that, that definitely, I'm glad you said it, it is, definitely a huge factor uh working in the office i mean it's not as <laughs> watching someone's slack uh uh light goes goes green and then red <laughs> is mm-hmm. not as motivating as actually seeing someone physically at their desk like yeah producing awesome art right um or just walking by someone's computer monitor. And it's just like amazing shit that they got accomplished that day. And I I do feel like um, in the midst of all this, that people are kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Crunch crunch was bad. Crunch is all bad. Nothing's good comes from it, right? But um, something about sitting there and like today, my goal is to finish this. My reward is to have this, uh screenshot or whatever mm-hmm. right and not stopping until that that is accomplished and i feel like people stop too short in in hour five of basically maybe eight, nine ten right where they need to put in the extra work to kind of get that done and that cascades right we're talking about three to five year development so i'm seeing a lot of that for sure like that mentality of that drive, and it's hard to kind of teach that, I think. It really is hard to teach that. And for those who are kind of coming into their own, uh, figuring out their own process, reaching that,
2: uh, that moment where they want to push through, right? Because we're kind of allowing, it's like,
0: I wouldn't say babying, but we're kind of celebrating like, here's the minimum work day, right? Once you hit that, your day is your own, right? And I think that pushes people who are at the very least 50-50 on how, oops, my monitor, Uh-oh. my camera died. <laughs> One sec, let me switch to you.
2: No worries. Um, what was I saying?
1: And, well, I can, I can say something while you're thinking. Um... Like thinking about people who might benefit from my experience, like just barely coming onto a project, like the most, I think the most interesting thing for me compared to what I was expecting coming into a a studio job is like how little, (laughs) how little time there is in the day to work on stuff. Like, you know, when I was doing my portfolio stuff, it's like any time that I put into that was just like pure, progress basically. Like, yeah. you know, I did a lot of learning and watching videos and whatever. But it's like that that time was always going towards the progress of my project. Whereas working at a studio, you know, I might have there are days where I have two or three hours of meetings in a day. And yeah. you know, those are scattered. And so if I've got an hour between meetings, like I'm not gonna make a huge progress on on my task. Yeah. So, you know, I've got three or four hours at the end of the day where I can lean into it. And um like just that side of it was a little surprising. Uh you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot more to like studio work of like politics and stuff that you have to kind of deal with um than just doing art for eight hours a day. Like it's it's not gonna be that. And so like I didn't come in expecting that, but it's yeah um it's more broken up than I expected. And and it is difficult in that regard. Um, but I mean, at least I'm just clicking on a link, right? I don't have to like, I and I can be working on my project in the background most of the time, but I'm not having to walk across the studio to a a meeting where I'll get in trouble if I'm on my phone or, or distracted otherwise or something, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: I will give you some some advice that I wish I had um i know you went this long personal journey of working your personal projects and it was a time where when i was in college in my last few quarters where i was just looking at the carry at the end of stick and not enjoying the process right i was like i'm doing this to get that job once i get that job i'll be happy right and i spent the next after getting that first job. Ten to twelve years of basically finally acknowledging that the my best time and chunk of progress was that last year in my college where I was working on stuff I wanted to work on. I had eight hours plus yeah. of pure joy dedicated to my vision right and execution my way right and throughout my career it was. It it felt off that I didn't have that, right? I basically had to, like, learn how to walk again in a way and only own a very small part, right? A very, very small part of the project and then slightly bigger, right? And even when I was lead, I felt, like, still very minuscule. uh,
1: You're um, still executing someone else's vision.
0: Vision, yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't... Uh, And it's something that not not even till like the past five months where finally I'm back to that place where I was in college where I was like, now I can execute on my my vision. I'm mature now. I'm paying the bills. (laughs) My kids are being fed. My wife is happy. I'm home. Now I can go back to my college day of like I can sit and think about what I want to make and put out there in the world my way. right? And I guess this is a necessary journey for anyone that's out there aspiring to be uh, a career director, basically, for their own project, right? Uh, and the experience obviously helped, right, to get to that place. But it did it have felt, and I know you're at the beginning of it, it I felt like I turned that part of my brain off, you know, to mm. grow up a bit. And now I'm turning it back on. So, hmm. for those that don't miss it as much, I've seen it through what you've been doing. You know, just constantly doing a little something for yourself, um, and not have to go completely asleep, right? Because it is tough. It gets harder, right? You think once you get your first job, it gets easier, but it gets harder now to grind after the grind, mm. right? and to keep at it. And, you know, if it's a small thing, hold on to that. Do something on the side and build it, you know, build something on the side up. Right. It could be, you know, just our station, build an audience somehow. Like, I wish I had continued that path in in that way. Right. When I was younger. Yeah, I think I'm
1: fortunate now to be where. I'm at the point where I don't have to put all my energy into like higher ability. Now I can kind of make that pivot and, and say, okay, I, I got my foot in the door. Like now let me find what interests me and, and try to follow that. Um, you know, like I'm a technical person. I could see myself going like a tech art route or, or like a, a, art tools route, you know, I'm, I definitely see that stuff appealing. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important
2: what you're saying. Like, where, where do I go from here?
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, uh, and I do want to, uh, overall thank you for, uh, speaking with me. I know it's been a long time uh i'm glad you're healthy you, you started a kick-ass job um and i know you're going to do a kick-ass job uh at it right so this is the part of the podcast where i shut up kind of hand the mic over to you to drop any social links or where do people follow you how do they find you et etc cetera, et cetera. sure
1: um yeah thanks brandon um you know, you can look me up on ArtStation. It'll probably be my favorite place for you to follow me. I'm artstation.com slash m That's my URL. Um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm not the most social media heavy I dude. Um, yeah. But I'm there, you know, if you're... If anybody wants to reach out with questions or whatever, or even my website, ianmcdonald.com, I have a contact form on there if you want to pick my brain or just, you know, be like, hey, what, what are your discord communities? Let me in. I need that. You know, we'd love to have you. Um, Is this like a, a time for me to like say thanks? I, w- I want to thank people too. Yeah. Um you know, coming on here and I I appreciate you inviting me on kind of feels full circle because um, this kind of was like the the start for me. Um, I was going to college studying computer science and then decided that wasn't for me. And I kid you not, like uh, listening to the podcast was kind of what made me consider a a career in the games industry and, um, you know, shout out to Larry. He wrote some silly little, like 30, I might be underselling it, but like 30 or 60 page little intro to game dev careers book where, you know, he said, pick a, pick a specialty. And that's when I picked environment art and props and, you know, thanks to him, thanks to you. You know, I, I met you guys at uh, GDC a couple years in a row before that got cut off for COVID. Um, you know, you guys i have had interaction with with you through it and through game school online, and that was a great experience and kind of set up my, my self-teaching route. Um, I just want to thank my parents and my wife for supporting me sticking with me through it uh, and uh, shout out to uh, uh, 3D Fast Track and the uh, Lazy Boys Discords hit me up if you, anybody wants to join those we'll get you in great communities um, and a huge huge thanks to my mentor Kevin DeBolt like I gotta say like I don't know if Game School Online knew how valuable mentors were at the time, but I think that was the biggest proponent to my growth was having a mentor and, you know, Kevin was like the biggest support to me through all of this. And I think he was as proud of me as anyone as I uh, finally found my way in and couldn't have done this without him. So thanks, Kevin. Um, But yeah, I'm just super... Happy to have, you know, persevered. And I think anyone can do it with the right work ethic. And, um, that I love seeing people's growth and couldn't be happier to have made it work for myself. So big thanks to you as well, Brandon.
0: Dude, super proud, super awesome to kind of see you succeed. Um, you know, the timing was just right, uh, is usually how it kind of falls together right mm-hmm. and uh yeah from your very first piece to your recent portfolio and you uh, you can see it and you had all the right stuff uh and it's just the timing you know i uh, had to be there as well so this is the beginning of your journey super excited to see where you go from here on out it sounds amazing so far right uh looking forward to kind of hear you from your um first shipped right project yeah, but we should uh do a follow-up we'll do a follow-up definitely. for sure but i'll i'll reach out so we can meet up in person <laughs> before then yeah we Kevin live close actually, enough uh, yeah.
1: said he might be coming out um in a few months so the three of
2: okay. us should
0: try to get together when he does okay let's do it then yeah i'll i'll self-invite myself <laughs> yes, <laughs> i haven't please. seen him for a while I, bet. I know he moved to japan for a while. Yeah. years now right
1: so and he's been there a couple of years yep so that would yeah. be awesome good yeah time. I'd love that cool
0: alright at least get a photo out of it <laughs> I'll buy you guys lunch I, that's the least I owe you alright got it free lunch is good for me Uh that is all thank you guys for joining this week's episode as always uh, check out the show notes for more information um To how to find Ian. But Ian, thank you so much for coming on and happy that you're doing great. My pleasure. Thanks, Brandon.